Hello, welcome to the Let's Talk Sciences Declassified STEM Survival Guide podcast. My name is Audrey, and I'm one of the site coordinators for Let's Talk Science at the University of Manitoba. The goal of our podcast is to talk about the possible career paths one can take in the field of STEM and the challenges one may face in navigating the STEM world. Today's bonus episode is from day three of our annual high school symposium Envirotalks. In early April 2021, in honor of Earth Month, our team hosted a virtual symposium for high school students to learn more about the careers available in the field of environmental science, engineering, and design. So you will be listening to a presentation from Trina Semenchuk. Trina is the 2020-2021 president of UM Earth, and UM Earth is a technical society at the Price Faculty of Engineering at the University of Manitoba. Uh, UM Earth has completed several projects focused on sustainable technology, such as the creation of a green wall in the engineering atrium and their winter green project in which they grew food indoors during the winter season. So during the webinar, Trina talks about environmental engineering, um, Earth, and explains the engineering design process, which was applied to a design challenge for high school students to take part in. So that's a little bit about Trina and what this episode is about. And I hope you enjoy the third episode of our bonus series, Envirotalks. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for that uh, introduction. Um, I'm really excited to be here. Like Fariba had mentioned, my name is Trina, and I'm here to talk to you guys about environmental engineering and all the things that you'll learn in environmental engineering if you choose it and go through the design process. So um, even though, you know, Fariba, you had done your treaty acknowledgement, I want to do my treaty acknowledgement as well. Um, so today we gather virtually on tree number one territory, which is the original lands of the Anishinaabe, Cree, OJ Cree, Dakota, and Dene people, and on the homeland of the Métis Nation. We respect the treaties that are made on these territories, we acknowledge the harms and mistakes of the past, and we dedicate ourselves to move forward in partnership with Indigenous communities in a spirit of reconciliation and collaboration. So before I get into my presentation, I just want to give you guys all a little background on who I am and, you know, who I was in high school. So I wasn't, you know, super into physics and math. I was really into sports. Um, I went to Sisler High School. I loved rugby. I was a major environmental activist. And I, I really enjoyed teamwork and I thought that, you know, because of all these qualities, I might make a good biosystems engineering student. I'm in my last year of my studies and I start as an environmental engineer in May. So it's just a little bit about who I am. So the president, here's a little, oh, sorry. Here's a little presentation outline that I have. So I'm gonna first talk about what and why engineering, give you a little background on it. I'm gonna go over the biosystems environmental engineering program. I'm gonna talk about UMEARTH, which is a student group that I'm heavily involved with. I'm gonna go over the engineering design process and then apply that design process to an actual design challenge, which will then be used as a guideline for your interactive activity. 
So a lot of information here, um, but yeah, I'm excited to share it all. So first of all, what is engineering? I'm going to give you a very broad general term of what engineering is. Um, it is the application of science and math and teamwork to solve everyday world issues, um, worldwide problems with technology and design. So that's kind of a general term of what engineering is. And so why engineering? So I have this slide right now um, to kind of give you three main reasons why I chose engineering and three main reasons why I think are good reasons to choose engineering. So um, if you like teamwork, you know, engineering is a lot of working in a team to solve a project together. Um, if you are passionate about helping people, engineering does a lot with design that helps get people to meet their needs. So it, it's great if you want to help people. Um, and, and lastly, if you enjoy problem solving, you'll see throughout this uh, presentation that engineering really can be used to analyze a situation and figure out what the problem is and come up with a solution to problem solving. So I really liked riddles when I was a kid. And, and so that like also contributed to um, why I chose engineering. And before I move on, I really want to highlight if you're in high school right now and you're you're not too comfortable with your physics skills or you're not too comfortable with your math, don't worry. You do not have to be a physics expert to be an engineer. When I was in high school, I took grade 12 physics three times before I got a good enough grade to get into direct entry. So don't let the physics-ness of it scare you off. It, you don't need to be great at it to succeed. So the reason why I kind of went over why I chose engineering and, you know, what's important in engineering is because I really wanted to tell you guys about the kinds of skills you would develop if you chose the biosystems environmental engineering program. And so the three skills that I think are essential and very, um, and very important when you learn throughout this process is project management. So what project management does in this environmental engineering program is it teaches you how to start a project and see it to completion while delegating tasks to your different group members. Then the next skill, communication teamwork. Not only do you learn how to, you know, see a project start to finish, but you also learn how to effectively communicate with your team and really build positive relationships in your team. Because at the end of the day, it's not just about completing a design. We also want to make sure that while we're working on a design, we work on a really we work on it in a really like positive and collaborative effort. And lastly, as I said, problem solving. Um, going through this program, you would learn how to solve problems. And the reason why you would learn this is because in engineering, you're taught how to identify what the problem is. So you're able to, you know, look at a big situation and see where the problem is, define why it is a problem, and then narrow in and focus on solving it. Um, so yeah, just a little uh, background of kinds of skills that you develop going through engineering. So now a little bit about the program itself. If you are interested in pursuing something like this, the admissions process is, um, it's, it's pretty basic. There's two ways to get into the program. One, you can either apply for direct entry right out of high school, 
um, or two, you can apply for University One, and then while in University One, you can sign up for first year general engineering courses. Um, if you choose a direct entry route, you, your grades have to be a certain um, average, but if you just choose University One, um, that your grades don't have to be an average at all. You just might not be able to sign up for certain courses because they might be full by the time you get a chance to set up. But they're, they're still both pretty good. Um, so either, either or you, you'll enter, you know, you'll get involved with the program. Then in your second year, after taking, you know, first year general engineering courses, you can apply for your department. So the types of departments are mechanical, civil, electrical, computer, and biosystems. I chose biosystems. And then once you choose like um, a certain department that you want, you can then choose a specialization in your department. So I chose biosystems and then the specialization I chose was environmental engineering. And now I market myself as an environmental engineer. So I wanted to talk just a little bit of the kinds of courses that you do in environmental engineering um, and, and what those design courses look like. So the, one of the ones that I want to highlight is water wastewater treatment plants. So if you choose environmental engineering, you can learn how to design a water and wastewater treatment plant. And I think that is so important because not everybody in society has access to clean drinking water. And we need people who are able to um, understand how we treat water and how we get water to people so that they can meet their basic needs. Another cool design course that you take in this program is remediation. So that looks at you know, identifying a park or an area in a park that's been contaminated with oil and then figuring out how to remediate that, um, that area. So how to clean the oil out of that area so that you know, an ecosystem can be there again, plants can grow there again, and that area can be reused. And so remediation is a huge part of what environmental engineers do in Manitoba because we've had quite a few oil spills. Another few things, you can learn how to design um, air pollution systems. So that looks at looking at a contaminant in the air and how to filter it out. Some of my friends with this course, they learned how to take excess carbon dioxide out of the, um, out of the air and back into plants, which is, if that's called carbon sequestration, that is very important for the future when we need to get our greenhouse gas emissions negative to solve the climate crisis. And then there's other things like ecosystem management. You can let, that's actually one of the electives I took. It's an interdisciplinary one. You can work with students outside of engineering to um, identify a problem in an ecosystem and work together to solve it. And then lastly, I put in here um, thesis projects. So what a thesis project is, is it's your final year graduation project and that can be on any topic that you want. So I'm very passionate about solving really any environmental challenge in our communities. And so my thesis project was on assessing the current plastic recycling system in Manitoba and then proposing changes to each stage of the recycling process to you know mitigate our environmental impact. So that is a little bit about the, um, the courses that are available to you. Um, and so the next thing that I want to talk about was UMEARTH. So UMEARTH stands for the University of Manitoba Efficient and Renewable Technology Hub. This is the group that I'm very um, involved with. It's founded by engineering students, but it's an interdisciplinary group, meaning we really look to work on projects and initiatives with students outside engineering. 
Um, we, we volunteer, we work on design projects, and we host events all with sustainability in mind and all for the community. So Amr's philosophy, um, and so I, I hope I really sell this philosophy to you guys so that it, if you do go to university, you choose to sign up for this group. Um, our philosophy is to bring students pursuing different degrees together to solve sustainable challenges. And the reason that that's our philosophy is because engineers are great at problem solving. We're great at um, learning how to design different technologies to help the environment. But to solve sustainable challenges, we really need big groups of people coming together um, with different knowledge backgrounds and helping one another out to really have a holistic approach to solving you know, sustainable challenges. And with that being said, here's a couple of things that Amrth has worked on in the past. And you know, these are just a couple of ideas. Um, to give you like in case you wanted to join Amherst, if you did join Amherst, you could sign up and be a part of one of these design projects or you could sign up and be one of a part of one of these volunteer initiatives or speaker series and it's a great way for you to like really learn how to apply you know technical skills in design and so one of the examples we did a green wall design project that's this picture over here what we did is we learned how to create an automated system to water these plants on this wall. And then we hung that wall up in the engineering um, faculty. And so there's no maintenance required because it's just continuously uh, watered and maintained on its own. We also worked with Festival de Voyager. That's a picture of our team all working together. We did an energy efficiency study. So we soldered a bunch of components on these um, Arduino boards. And with that, we measured temperature throughout all the different tents in Festival de Voyager to figure out where their heat loss was coming from in order to give them solutions on how to mitigate that heat loss. The other things, we designed a solar canopy for the University of Manitoba, um, and that's to diversify the university's energy supply so that it relies more on renewable energy instead of, you know, just hydroelectricity. And then, you know, we've also volunteered for Habitat for Humanity. We've built houses for, um, for this program. We've also hosted, you know, sustainability speaker series. So we've brought in professionals to talk about how to design buildings that are more resilient and that have a, a lesser impact of greenhouse gas emissions on the environment. So yeah, so that's a little bit about Amherst, what we've done just to give you an idea in case you want to join it uh, when you start university. Okay, so I talked a lot about um, engineering and problem solving. Um, I talked about project management, but I didn't really explain yet and how we problem solve. So how we problem solve and how we manage projects and are able to be successful with our projects is through this design process. So if you choose engineering, you will learn this design process and you will apply it constantly to different projects that you're giving. So it's a six step process. It's an iterative process, meaning that, you know, you, you do it again and again and again to make sure that your design is working. Um, and like I said, it's used, it's what we use to solve challenges. So the first step is to define the problem. I talked a bit about that, seeing what the actual problem is in a situation and stating your team's objectives. So objectives are what your team actually wants to do. Then the next step is research. So collecting all the information relative to that problem. 
Then after your team researches, you come together to brainstorm solutions. And then after you've done some brainstorming together, you actually pick a solution and you create a design from that solution. So you might do something in, in actual school, you might actually create a prototype or you might just develop you know, um, a drawing of a design and something that would be used in the future. Then you evaluate that design, so you test it, and then you go to refining it. So that means you look at what the problem statement was at the beginning, you look at what you said you wanted to do, and now you evaluate whether or not you actually did that. So yeah, so that's a little bit about the engineering design process. And so now I'm going to show you guys how you would use that design process to solve a, solve a challenge. So I have here a picture of Northwood Community Center. I'm not sure if anybody lives in the area. Northwood Community Center is not actually doing this design challenge. It's just the community center I'm most familiar with since I grew up in this neighborhood. Um, but so this, so I want to give you an example of like a theoretical design challenge. So what if Northwood Community Center came to you and they said, we want to lower the community center's greenhouse gas footprint from heating using a $70,000 budget. What should we do? Well, that's a big topic. I don't know what they should do. I don't know how to solve that problem. And I don't know what the best solution would be moving forward. So, but given this information, we can now apply the design process to figure that out. So what we first would do is, like I said um, at the beginning, is define the problem. And everybody pay attention to this design challenge example, because for the interactive activity, you're going to be doing a design challenge in groups. So pay attention to what these steps are and, and what you do for all of these steps, um, because you'll need it for the interactive activity. Sorry, I didn't mention that at the beginning. OK, so your first step is to define the problem. So Based off the information that, let's say, Northwood Community Center gave us, this the, the problem is actually already pretty defined. We know they want to lower their greenhouse gas emissions, and we know they have $70,000. So the first thing that you would do um, is you would just write that all out in one statement of what your team needs to do. So I wrote the, I wrote the problem statement as you know, the community center needs to reduce its greenhouse gas emissions from heating. Our job is to find a solution using $70,000. That either reduces energy demand or uses renewable energy instead. And so what I, what I kind of did here is I stated, you know, two different objectives of what our solution would be. So our solution is, I, or sorry, what our solution is going to do. So our solution is either going to reduce energy demand or it's going to use renewable energy instead because both of those you know, objectives would lower the greenhouse gas emissions from heating. So your next step would be to research. So if I was given this problem, you know, there's kind of four different areas that I would um, research before I move on to the next step. So the first thing is I would research the type of heating system that the community center uses. So what do, what do they use for heating right now? Um, why isn't it working? How, how efficient is their heating system? Um, where's like the, the biggest flaw 
you know, in the heating system that's creating the most waste, I would do that type of research first. Then I would um, research different technologies that reduce heating demand. So is, are there things like better insulation for the building? If there's better insulation, then you know, the building wouldn't need as much heat to keep warm because it's better insulated. So you know, like less heat would be escaping the building. So maybe they wouldn't need as much energy. Maybe there's something like better thermostats, you, you know, like that, that could be a flaw in their heating system if they might be overheating some places and they don't know it because their thermostats aren't working properly. Um, the next type of thing that I would research uh, are new renewable heating technologies. So I, I'm not sure how um, familiar you guys are with the different types of renewable energy heatings there are, but there, there's quite a few actually that can replace um, what we currently use to heat our buildings. So currently most buildings use, you know, natural gas and natural gas is a raw material. Um, and so with that being said, when we burn natural gas, we create a lot of greenhouse gas emissions. What we could do instead is we could research a geothermal um, energy boiler. Would, it, would something geothermal work instead? You know, geothermal relies on um, the actual heat within the earth heating up water and then, and then transmitting that heated water all throughout the building. Or we could look at biomass. So if biomass is fr used from, you know, agricultural waste or if it's used from a forest that's sustainably managed and close by, then we could potentially use biomass to replace the natural gas heating. But yeah, so just another example of something that I would research. Then lastly, I would, I would probably do some research on what other community centers are doing. You know, maybe there's something that I'm not even thinking of. Maybe someplace in Europe has this really cool microheater that is just very efficient and works really well and has a new type of renewable energy, you know? Um, I don't know if it does, but maybe, but that's, that's all part what the research stage does. And so I guess the point that I'm just trying to make with this slide is when it comes, after you've de defined the problem, your next step is to try to do as much research as you can on it. Okay, so then your third step would be to brainstorm solutions. So an example of brainstorming could be you know, you, you guys have a group of five people, you have one person who's writing down ideas and everybody contributes as many ideas as you can. And in a brainstorm session, you're always taught that no idea, no solution proposed is bad. And that's really true. Anything goes in a brainstorm session, even if you're a shy person and you think that um, maybe your idea doesn't make sense, just say it anyways, because the, the worst thing that could happen is your idea doesn't get picked. But what's really important in engineering is it's a team sport. It doesn't matter whose idea gets picked. What matters is everybody contributes and everybody is heard. Um, and, every, and even the solutions that aren't picked, maybe they help you think of things that you wouldn't have thought of before. So in a brainstorm session, um, I would recommend, especially like in your interactive activity, if you know you get together with your group, you have one person with a pencil and you have everybody, you know, kind of saying what kinds of solutions they think you, you could implement. 
um, and you could have. So yeah, so that would be your third step. Then um, your fourth step, it would be to pick a solution. So in my example of this design challenge that I've given, um, I have said, you know, uh, our team came together, we did all the research, we did all the brainstorming. This is all theoretical, by the way, my team didn't actually do this, but let's say that we did. Um, we then decided that, you know, with a $70,000 budget, we can't um, put in insulation everywhere within the building. Or, you know, with a $70,000 budget, we can't use geothermal because it's too expensive and the labor costs, is, it's going to be too much. So with a $70,000 budget, we thought, you know, maybe you can't replace the entire heating system from natural gas uh, to biomass, but you could maybe replace like a small little amount of it. So in our theoretical solution, we have suggested to the client that we recommend you implementing a very small scale biomass heater to help reduce the load that the natural gas has to have in, um, in heating up the entire building. Sorry, I'm just checking my phone for time. So um, that's kind of it for my presentation. I think I saved us two minutes. So I'm very, you know, happy to answer any questions, especially I think I may have missed um, what types of careers would be available to you with an environmental engineering degree. So if, if, every, if anyone's interested in that, I can touch on that a bit as well. Um, but other than that, I do have the interactive activity, the design challenge ready um, for you all. And so should I go over the interactive challenge right now or should we do questions? Uh, we can do questions at the end. And if anyone has questions, they can send it to me in the chat or just in the chat. Okay, perfect. So stop recording now because we're starting the activity. Okay, perfect. All right, that concludes the third episode of our bonus series, EnviroTalks. Feel free to check out the video of the webinar on our YouTube channel, which we have linked in the description of this episode. You can also listen to the fourth and final episode of our EnviroTalks series with Dr. Erica Rosenblum and Dr. Laura Gillard, who are both postdoctoral fellows from the Center for Earth and Observation Science, also known as CIOS, at the University of Manitoba. So in our final episode, Dr. Rosenblum and Dr. Gillard talked about their research in Arctic science and even conducted some experiments which focus on ideas about ocean layering stratification and implications on sea ice and large-scale climate. So if you haven't already done so, follow us at LTS underscore U of M on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to be updated on our upcoming events. And follow and subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and more. Thank you so much for listening. And together, let's declassify the classified.